Boom. Jan, the St. Peter's Peacocks. Just brought him up already. The darlings of March Madness. Unbelievable. The 15 seed. It's incredible. The third 15 seed to make the Sweet 16, taking down Kentucky and then Murray State. Block, blocking the, the uh, in-state Kentucky rivalry that I hyped up. And the North Carolina in-state rivalry, rivalry between Davidson and Duke never occurred. So that was a lot of fanfare for nothing. But I'd rather, I think, see St. Peter's to the Sweet 16. Wouldn't you agree? I would. And, you know, St. Peter's, I want to send a personal thank you from all Iowa fans for saving our blushes a little oh, bit that God. lost day. Thank Saved you so, so much. Because we would have been the talk of the town, but thankfully, you know, you, you guys knocked Kentucky out, and that's only anyone could really talk about. So I'd like to send a personal thank you from Iowans everywhere uh, for that. <laughs> that, that was really, really, like, that was all I was thinking of, like, when, uh, when we lost and, like, turned my attention to that game, when I was just like, Please, because I, I can't take a new the, the loss is going to hurt enough as much as I kind of almost started to expect it. I was like, I can't take the media coverage. And I've seen stuff like all week, too, even just like random stuff on social media, like biggest upsets this week or blah, blah, blah. And like Iowa, Richmond over Iowa is like always number two. But thank God. But we're not number, number one, baby. Exactly. We're not number one. We're not um, number one. And also for St. Peter's to do it. As like I believe, if I remember correctly, the that had the 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 lowest odds of all the fifteen seeds to do that, and for them to do it against Oscar Chibway, uh, you know, is is very impressive. And uh, and they got they got a fifteen seed spirit that I love. They're just pumping their chest. They're like, we're fifteen seed, baby. Do something about it. I I freaking love Dude, it. They're a bunch of city boys. <laughs> they're a bunch of dogs. They are. They're- uh, technically, they're in Jersey, but they're they're. I mean, if I hopped in a car right now, I could get to their arena in 40 minutes, which I feel horrible that I wasn't aware of this because if St. John's or you know, if, Columbia, if a New York team that I was more acquainted with was in the tournament, I probably would have hyped them up. So St. Peter's, I apologize. You have certainly caught my attention. Now I'm going to a Peacock's game at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Let let this be. Let this be the canon. The canonization of St. Peter's on the Two Beers, Please podcast. We officially saint you on the podcast in the name of the Father and the Son. (laughs) People are going to be like hitting us up next year. Like, yo, what what are you guys doing tonight? We're like, oh, we're going to go see some basketball. Like, oh, nice. You going to the garden? Like, no, we just got to Jersey City. We're going to the – this is also why I'm a huge St. Peter's fan and I'm going to go to a game. The arena is called Run Baby Run Arena. See, that's we're going. We're getting season tickets. Forget, forget yeah. one game. We're getting season tickets. Courtside, courtside. We're going to be the Spike Lee of St. Peter's. Hey, listen, everybody's got to make it somehow. <laughs> Damn right you do. And look, if it's supporting St. Peter's, I'll do it. They were on the college basketball thing. They were talking about how they're like St. Peter's is going to be like a 15 seed with with probably the best home court advantage yet because Oral Roberts was in the bubble and I can't remember where Florida Gulf Coast I think was in Dallas in, in the big in the Cowboy Stadium and St. Peter's was playing in, in Philly but then I think it was Gary Paris it was like well do they really have like how big of a alumnus status do they have to like have a home court state like advantage but that's a team I, that's a team that people are just going to cheer for yeah, as they should, as they should. Um, and I'm so glad. I mean, we knew it would happen, even though we didn't bet on it happening. I'm so glad that there's another low, low sea like getting getting up there in the Sweet 16. So much fun. Right. Yeah. But when you have like a really, really high one up there, like it just makes it a little because, you know, like a double digit, double digit seed is going to go through. But it's also different, too, when it's like a mid because like we're going to talk about these other double digit seeds in a bit. But like Miami, Iowa State. Michigan, great job to all of them, but they're also major conference teams. Like, they're, they're teams that, like, you have seen be successful before. Maybe not Miami as much, but teams that get it done as opposed to seeing a, a – say like, like, when the eight seeds UNC and they're upsetting the one seed, the whole Cinderella effect, that you, it doesn't really take into a hold. you got to like you too many national championships. It was like UCLA last year, like, yeah, you're a Cinderella, but – are you? 
It's less of a Cinderella and more you played bad in the regular season. So and that's your, ta- it. your talents finally decided to, to bring it together. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> or Iowa State's like, oh, we're going to play like we played earlier in the season. Yeah. And they're like, maybe we should do that now. And you're like, yeah, maybe oh. you should. That's a great call. It seems like the time. All right. So St. Peter's, obviously the best upset, both of their games, the best upsets of the first weekend. Jan, what was your second favorite upset from the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I know that we did, we 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 just said that they're like not a Cinderella team, but UNC baby. I mean, to play the number one seed, right? It's still and a great the, upset. And the reigning champs to have a big lead and lose it going into overtime, which is against the number one seed, the worst situation you want to get. To have a player ejected, um, I mean, to and to still one get of the, the worst win? one of the worst ejections I've ever seen. Oh yeah, horrible, horrible. Ever. Yeah, it's it was I. When it happened, I I thought I must be reading the game wrong. I must be something else is happening. Like there, like he must have after the situation gone and punched someone. I just didn't see it because I don't know what's going. Like <laughs> that's not just what he did, right? Yeah, like it's not. I thought he did that and then just like swung at a cameraman. I'm like, oh, okay, that <laughs> makes sense. The injectionable <laughs> stuff happened off camera for real. And I do, I kind of think like North Carolina was dominating so much that the refs were like. Oh, they're they're gonna win. He's scoring a but like just toss him out. It won't impact. And like that's a dumb way to think mm-hmm. because just like ejecting eject, a player too just changes the the scope of the game. Um, but yeah, it it was it was a great upset. It was a great upset, you know. And uh, you know to to have also have a player like RJ Davis step up, you know, like a Tar Heel hero of old, thirty yeah. points, beating Baylor. Uh, you know, they're back, baby, and we knew it already, seeing them, you know, you know, beat Duke out going into the end of the season. Um, you know, we had questions for sure. This word they're not ranked very high for that reason. Um, but I have every I have every confidence UNC can make a little run here. I, I think that they've proven that against Baylor and they continue to prove it. Um and just where just where we, you know, had UNC at the beginning compared to what we expect of UNC, uh, it was a, a very impressive upset. And of just what we expect from Baylor too. And you know, if 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 they had if they had come back against Baylor, I would see it as less of a indi- indictment of how good UNC is versus like how like much Baylor coughed it up. But Baylor did what they had to do. They came back, they sent it to overtime, and you just expected them to take over. And UNC stuck in it. And congratulations to them. Yeah, they they did, and it was it, it's a UNC team that I mean, like you brought up RJ Davis. If he's if he's hitting from the outside. If they can make some outside shots and their guard play can can be strong enough, they you know they're going to rebound. They have so much size; it's going to put them in, in really any game. It's just been that, that inconsistent guard play. And and Baylor did. I mean, if I'm UCLA, I'm seeing that, that how much that pressure because they don't have a ton of ball handlers on North Carolina, and that ball pressure once they picked it up, North Carolina looked like they had no idea what to do. So if I'm if I'm UCLA, I'm and Mick Cronin's an aggressive defensive guy. Uh, I, I think that's. I think you start the game like that. And you're like, nah, we're gonna we're gonna set the tone for this and, and create those turnovers because the refs certainly screwed North Carolina. Not even just the the ejection, but North Carolina was shoot shot themselves. It was two things to be true at the same time. Like bad bad calls that helped Baylor come back, but North Carolina also did their their part in helping North Carolina or helping Baylor come back. Oh yeah, they had three teams. They had a scrappy team in overtime. They had a dominant team in the first half, and they had an absolutely atrocious one in the second. Like it truly, I was like, "Wow, no one can dribble." Anybody? Anybody yeah. at all? <laughs> but like you said, that I mean, to re- to respond in overtime like that that says that says a lot about a team, and and kind of because like I, that was they should not have been in overtime. Like they they should not have let Baylor come back at all, and, and to recoup and, and refocus it was impressive i'm gonna go with an acc team as well i'm gonna go with the hurricanes mostly mm. just because i love jim laranaga but great win that almost didn't happen against usc drew peterson had had a nice little heave there at the end uh, but nice one over usc and then they just blew by auburn uh we we talked about how auburn's guards bruce pearl's team needs good guard play and when they were 20 and one or whatever katie johnson and, and wendell green were rocking and rolling but they have struggled as of late um, and, and certainly struggled in that game. And, and I think we've we've seen this with, with teams before. If you're able to play that small ball, like they were able to take Walker Kessler 
kind of completely out of the game. Um, and and that like Auburn was never in that. There, there was a couple times you're like, ah, are they going to start making a run? And Miami would be like, nope. Nope, no, you're not. Nice try, but you're not. I also want to say an, another team that wasn't like an upset, but I, I I am surprised at how they've played because they've played so much better than their regular season was. I got to give some love to Villanova too. I, I, I really, you know, Connor Gillespie and that team, the defense has stepped up and they're looking like, I mean, why shouldn't this team make a run? You know, they, they are looking like a good team. Um, I expected Ohio State to, to just, you know, upset them. And we've been talking about it the whole time. And uh, so congrats to Villanova to really proving that that number two scene was indeed earned. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, te- it's a team that I think we've talked about this for, before. Their, their floor is very, very hot. Like, you know that Villanova is going to play a, a very smart 40 minutes of basketball. They're going to play well as a team, get most of the time good shots. I think that's been the thing that, that when I've watched them, I, I've noticed they've struggled more this year. Is, is really working the ball around for getting those good looks. Um, but, I mean, Jay Wright, Jay Wright is, has, has done it before. Um, and we'll see what they do against Michigan. That Michigan-Villanova game is going to be a really, really good one. Jan, who for you, best player over these first two rounds? Yeah, you could go so many different ways with this. And, like, I think you should because there's just so many different things. I'm going to go Hunter Dickinson, though. You know, Hunter Dickinson – I was just been a monster, you know, 20 plus points, both games in a, in two upset wins. He's been dominant in the paint. He shot well from the three, um, three point line, you know, kind of some flashes of Luca Garza last year. Like, you know, that kind of play a little bit at, at times. And uh, I completely agree. The way I've seen him play, I'm like, he, he watched Luca and was like, Oh, that's what I, that's what I'll add to my game. I, I totally agree. Right. Exactly. And I think, uh, you know, there's no there's no answer for him. There hasn't been the first two rounds um, and no bigger, I think, player in terms of, you know, helping to provide for an upset. I think some of the other teams that have upset, they've done it by committee. Like you can go to two or three players that each helped them get done. But Michigan without Hunter Dickinson, they're not even out of the first round. So I think that uh, that it's Hunter Dickinson for me. And I'm excited to see what he can do down the stretch. Should Michigan have a stretch? <laughs> yeah. And it, we've we've certainly seen him do it before. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, 20, 21 in the first game, twenty seven in the second. Uh, he, he's really set set the tone for them. Um, and when he does that, it, it goes to those other guys. I, I think the young kind of team that Michigan is, they they need someone to, to kind of set the tone for them. And and when they do, then you see Diabate and, and Houston start playing better. I'm, I'm going to go with Drew Timmy. Uh, it's probably the most easy easy answer. But I'm going to give give the stash some love. He, he you know he's been one of the best players in college basketball over the last two years. And again, kind of not the same as Michigan, but I but I do think like Chet Holmgren is a guy who gets so much love at, at Gonzaga, and rightfully so. But I think Timmy is the guy that does have to set the tone and set the mark for that team. I, I think those players just just look at him, um, and we saw it in that Memphis game when he when he turned it on. Gonzaga looked like a completely different team. Yeah, I mean, they lose that game by a lot if Drew Timmy doesn't show up like he does because Chet Holmgren disappeared that game. So it, it's uh, it, he's definitely the player to watch on that team. He's the one that sets the tone, not only as a player, but as a leader too, which is not something that I think I say about Hunter Dickinson as much, is that uh, Drew Timmy really goes into that Gonzaga locker room and he makes sure that they play to their potential. So I, I think that's a great pick. And, I, and, and you're right, it is an obvious one, but it deserves to be said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the obvious, the obvious answer can still be the right answer sometimes, right? <laughs> Some, only sometimes. Only sometimes yeah. in March. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's man. the truth. Only sometimes in March. All right, Jan, we talked about most impressive player for us. How about most impressive conference? I always feel like the conference debate truly intensifies uh, during March Madness. Sometimes I think it's it's stupid. It's kind of like the bowl debate sometimes. I'm just like, well, you know, yeah, if you get – a bunch of teams in, but they're all like shitty seeds and like they're supposed to lose. Then are those losses bad? But who do you think so far has been the, the most impressive conference? Yeah, uh, this was harder than the least impressive conference for sure. Um, I think it's the ACC. I think, you know, we knew Duke was great, but we even had our questions about a Duke upset. But you see UNC progressing, Miami progressing. I mean, we really didn't give the ACC any love going into this tournament. Um, and they've shown that they can be upset kings, and they showed that the division was worth more than we gave it credit for. Um, I think all the other divisions, 
you know, have played to their potential or below it. And I think the ACC is the one that kind of surprised us a little bit in terms of, I, you know, I, I think I didn't expect the Big East to have two people in the Sweet 16. I believe I said that even. And, the, and prob- the Big East has, has looked a lot better than, than I would have expected. Yeah. And so obviously, like, I give them love too. But I didn't expect UNC or Miami to be here. And so for them to be there and and, and Duke to still be going strong, I, I think that uh, the ACC, you guys are doing well. Keep it up. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you, you mentioned Duke getting it done, as we kind of thought they would, but North Carolina, obviously, uh, and, and Miami even more so, making huge, huge uh, wins. But even Notre Dame technically got two wins. So, you That's know, they got, five team, they got five teams in, four of them got two wins, and Virginia Tech, like, as one of those times where, like, Virginia Tech as the 11th seed over te- a lot of people picked it, but, like, yeah, Texas probably should have won that game. Uh, so, it, it, like, they've they're tied with with uh, the Big Twelve with um, three teams in the Sweet Sixteen. I, so I do I do think like the Big Twelve has proven to me it is the best conference this year. But yeah. In the tournament, I, I think for sure ACC has been the most impressive. It's been it, they they I've been real hard on the ACC and they they impressed the hell out of me. Yeah, just in terms of where where we thought about them to where they've gone. That's why impressive. I still think the Big Twelve has the biggest chance to have a conference winner for sure. Um, just with you know Texas Tech being an up you know a good three seed and and Kansas still playing very well and you know you you lose Baylor but that was always going to happen in, in a March Madness bracket with a lot of stuff going on so uh, and you have Iowa State you know that you know they're also like what what can that team do but yeah I I agree just we just didn't give ACC any love and I'm not, rightfully so like congratulations ACC for like proving us wrong they struggled. But I, they struggled. you struggled you struggled to get there so I think that's very valid and that's why none of us picked Notre Dame to even get out of the <laughs> get out of the first four so you know yeah they, they definitely turned it on in the postseason and we got to give them some love now even if we didn't earlier yeah. And uh, Notre Dame, I, I, I have a feeling you're going to agree with me here. Notre Dame doing their part in helping the SEC be the least impressive conference, knocking out Alabama. But that's not really the headliner here. Number two seed Kentucky out, number two seed Auburn out, and SEC tournament champions. And, and the team I think we b- both might have believed in the most, Tennessee, none of them making the Sweet 16. They got one team there in Arkansas. Good job to Arkansas, but they also have gotten to play two double-digit seeds. We'll see. They could give Gonzaga a chance, but overall, you just have to say, like, when we were looking at the SEC, we, we were thinking similar to the Big 12, where they are like, oh, no, they've got a few teams that have, like, a legitimate chance to make a deep run, and Arkansas wasn't really even one of those teams we thought would be that. Yeah, I mean, the SEC is just lucky that the Big 10 was also super bad. Otherwise, they would be an, an, a, the laughing stock. It you know, but the, for and at the, in the same vein, for the SEC to do so bad that we're not picking the Big Ten as the one that are disappointing with Illinois, with Iowa, with Wisconsin all going out shows how bad the SEC were. I mean, we both either had Kentucky or Tennessee making a deep run. Both of them get upset. You know, you had Alabama going out, which we almost expected. Um, and yeah, it's it's just a disappointing time for and and Auburn too. I mean, you know, we. We expected that they weren't as good as a two seed provided, but we still expected more from them. Like that's just the truth. Right. So they didn't um, even show up against Miami, right? And like the Iowa fan in me wants to pick the Big Ten simply because I'm so like hurt over everything. I'm just like, yeah, fuck the Big Ten after that. But at the same time, Sucks. you can't. You got to pick the SEC because just of the the ability that especially Kentucky and Tennessee should have had to make it to this round, and for them not to make it, and also. It's not like like Arkansas's there and congratulations, but the Big Ten very much could still have a finalist in Purdue. Like Purdue is yeah, there, and, exactly. and you could have a Big Ten winner. And I just don't see that from Arkansas. So I think even I think even the private per, the, the team you you would think from the Big Ten, like we know Purdue's been consistent. They got defensive issue, but I think the team that you really would say has the best chance of winning a title out of the Big Ten would be Purdue. Like the yeah. Big Ten's best chance is still in it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and you can't say that uh, for the SEC. You cannot. So, <laughs> no. But hey, now that now we said that, maybe maybe Arkansas just rides all the way to the title. I'd hey, love to see J- it. I would love JD Note if you're listening. Take some notes, Note. I, would, <laughs> I I uh, I picked the, my preseason Final Four was Gonzaga, Purdue. But then I had Arkansas and Memphis, and so. But then I also picked Texas Tech in my bracket. So 
as long as Duke doesn't win the West, I can take some uh, solid either Arkansas, Gonzaga, who I should pick preseason, or Texas Tech, who I picked now, will make it, and I will uh, get to take some sort of pride. Yeah, I mean, the only reason my bracket's even in the running for my league right now is because I'm one of three people that still has their winner in it. That's really it. Yeah. Like I, like I, I'm trying to see what my final four was. I got, I got Arizona, and that's the only reason that I'm still. Oh at. yeah. So my final four uh, has three teams still in it and only one out. I have Iowa out, but I have Gonzaga, Purdue, and Arizona. So I, I, I nice. still, I'm still there. Um, just the Iowa, obviously, and I and I had Iowa Wisconsin in that round. That's obviously not going to happen. Um, but Same. you know, hey, this is know. one of my worst brackets, like ever. Oh yeah, but if, but, but oh, I yeah. say that right now, and then if like if Arizona goes and wins it, then it'll end up being a, a decent bracket. If you get the winner, your bracket looks all right. Arizona has a, what looks like a t- Houston's been impressive as all shit. Out of the one seeds, out of Arizona, Gonzaga, Kansas, who do you think has? the easiest road to the final. I still say Arizona. I, you know, I just think the other side of the bracket is so hard with Purdue, UCLA, Texas tech, Duke, Gonzaga. Like I just, it's so hard for Gonzaga to like make it out of there alive just with so many good teams. Um, and like experienced teams too. So I think Arizona side of the bracket, more impressive. And you have two number one seeds there, fair enough. But I still think Arizona is much better than Kansas. So I'm going to pick Arizona. I don't pick Kansas because they're on Arizona's side of the bracket. And uh, I can't pick Gonzaga because they've shown some weakness and there's just a lot of competitors that can keep up with them. Um, So, yeah, Houston's tough. Don't get me wrong. Houston's very, very tough. Um, But I just think they're on the right side of the bracket. So I'm going to pick them. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I probably in a head-to-head would say Arizona over Kansas. But I am going to say Kansas just because their road to the Final Four in general is easier. Providence has looked really, really good in their first two games, but it has been against South Dakota State and Richmond, which I probably shouldn't talk crap about Richmond, but they barely made the NCAA tournament. So as impressive as, as Providence looked, you know, it, take it with a grain of salt. Kansas is going to be a different animal. And then you're guaranteed a double-digit team in the Elite Eight, albeit – Every lead day game was tough in Miami or Iowa State. Particularly, I, man, if Iowa State and Kansas played in Chicago, that would be so much fun. Uh, but I think I, I'd rather I'd rather have Providence than one of those two, as opposed to Houston, who has been maybe the most impressive team. Yeah. Um, and and then you got either Villanova, who, who's just going to give you a tough game, or Michigan, who has a a very very high ceiling, as as we've seen when they when they play their best, they can beat anyone almost. Right. I, I'm I'm gonna take this time to apologize to Houston because I said, oh no, Quentin Grimes, no chance. And congratulations, Houston, you uh, you proved me. I the said hell wrong. no chance. I picked. I think I picked them to lose in the first round. They they yeah. looked more impressive to me. I mean, like it's all kind of in a you know vacuum uh but like they've looked more impressive to me in these first two weekends than they did last year the opening weekend and they made the final four yeah exactly and uh <laughs> yeah i just houston could go to the final like they very much could so i i said that about arizona but you're right i don't feel great about arizona playing them <laughs> i mean once you get now it's easiest road right easy's uh hey uh, it's all it's all a relative term right yeah, it is all a relative term. It's not like we're looking at St. Peter's and being like, oh, you know, you know, they like, I want to play St. Peter's. Do you? Do you want to play St. Right. Peter's? I don't, I right. don't know. Now that's that's let's move on to my the next question of out of the kind of non one seeds that, that have been looking good. I, let's even I mean, if you want to talk Houston, we could throw Houston here. Villanova, Purdue, Providence, Houston. Out of all those teams, I, I think Purdue has the easiest road. But you're right. Like, <laughs> How like Purdue can't be coming in and be like, this is going to be a cakewalk for us. And then you've got UCLA or, or UNC who, you know, is, is going to be ready for you. So I, I, I think Purdue has the easiest road and would also probably be, you know, besides the, one of the one seeds, uh, a team that wouldn't have to play a seed higher than like they, they have a chance where the highest seed they play is an eight um, or no, a six, pardon me. They play, they play Texas. Um, so that's, it's not a bad road to the final four. But yeah, I mean, once you get to these games um, and the way that North Carolina's looked, UCLA's looked, and then St. Peter's has looked, I'm, I can't leave them out. 
Yeah, I mean, it's March. You got it, What matters is now. What have you done for me lately? And you can't say St. Peter's hasn't done what they needed to. Um, and <laughs> a lot uh, lately. <laughs> done a lot lately. Um, no, I, I'm, I, I did put Purdue as well for this. I think they don't have to play a higher seed until the Final Four. You know, they get to play the upset Kings, and that's, that's you know, always interesting. But this... <laughs> The, the St. Peter simply isn't big enough to compete with them, especially with what Travion Williams did last game. I just don't think that that's a great matchup for them. There's there's also like sometimes you do like you just have to follow history. We've, we've had three 15 seeds in the Sweet 16. So far, none of them have made the Elite Eight. Right. So, yeah, it's just it, it and for for a reason, because in the Sweet 16, it, it you know, at this point, the talent is so high that it starts to show. Like maybe it, it wasn't exposed. You got a good game against Kentucky, but it's going to get exposed at some point because you are such a lower conference team than a team like Purdue. Um, and Purdue just has so many stars too. So even if and, two of them are doing poorly, one of them will do well. And you're not sneaking up on anybody now. Like the whole the tournament resets, and it's not like the conference tournaments where it's like. Like Iowa, when they got hot, four games in four days. St. Peter's played their two games in, in three days, and now it takes a break. Like, all these teams kind of get a reset, get a re-examine their – so, like, it, it's tough. Like, you can see it with, like, a lot of times those Cinderella's that make the Final Four. Once they get to the Final Four, because the stage also elevates a lot, too, the, the, the lights become brighter, the, the cameras, more of them are showing up, and, and it becomes a lot more to deal with. It, it – can it can make an impact it does make an impact it absolutely does and that's why i say purdue i i think that purdue you know you gotta say that they have an easy matchup uh they should have an easy matchup against st peter's in comparison to the other teams they don't have to play that higher seed until the final four and i don't think gonzaga is a strong one seed so i think that when they play gonzaga they very much can beat them um especially with how you know chet holmgren's been inconsistent and drew timmy's great but you know, they need Chet Holgram to play like he did in that first round. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, it's just not going to happen for them against Purdue. So I think that they are on the tougher side of the bracket, but I think that they can do it um, because of this first round matchup they have. Uh, they can kind of, you know, metaf- like in their minds, start to think ahead a little bit. Yeah, not too much. Not too much. Now that I said not, that, St. Peter's going to the Elite Eight, baby. St. Peter's is. They're going to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> God, I've been- that's uh, That'd be incredible. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it would. I don't it care would be... if I have. Well, no. I was gonna be like, I don't care if I have this amount of money on Purdue, and I was like, no, I still would want my bet to go through. It'd have to be a low amount of money, <laughs> five dollars on Purdue, then I would still be okay with St. Peter's winning. Uh, otherwise, no. I I like money too much. Sorry, St. Peter's. Yeah, sorry. It's still my money, and I'm. You broke. get it. You're a city team, baby. Yeah. You get it. Times are tough. We're just out here making money, trying to live off we the street. <laughs> working our best. All right, Jan. We'll move on to some underdogs. It's, again, kind of weird. It's like Michigan's never an underdog. Uh, but Miami, this is only, I think Miami's like fifth, maybe sixth, sweet 16. Uh, half of those brought on by Jim Larinaga. They've never been doing Elite Eight. We've got Iowa State, uh, a team who, who started the season so, so hot, struggling conference, but looks like they're kind of playing um, – as they were earlier in the season. And also could just be like a credit to, to how tough the big 12 is. Um, and, and St. Peter's, we got four double digit seeds. Which one do you think has the best chance to go far? Yeah. I mean, obviously <clears throat> Iowa state or Michigan, one is going to knock out the other and um, not Iowa state, Michigan, Iowa state, mm-hmm. Miami. And one of them is going to knock out the other. That one will have the better chance between the two. But I think, uh, neither of those teams is going to, you know, get very far. I think that they're great storylines, but I just don't see any of them being, you know, I think the games they won were more indicative of, of the deficiencies of the teams they played versus like actual, like they have a run in them upsets. So the two I'm looking at, you know, I'm, you know, St. Peter's very much could do it. They played some great play. Um, and if they beat Purdue here, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> If they go to the Elite Eight, I have no reason to not pick, you know, I not pick them. They're going to win you know, it all. They're going to win it all. Um, but I, as, but I, as I just said, Cinderella's losing the Final Four. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, but like that's like more of a Cinderella in my mind than an actual thing that's going to happen. So I'm going to pick Michigan. Right. I think they have the best consistent level of play from game to game. And as much as I gave love to Villanova, they are still very beatable. 
Um, you know, they only scored 71 points in their last win. They only needed to. Um, but, you know, if Michigan can get the scoring going, it's going to be hard for Villanova to keep up. And if Dickinson can dominate like he did in the first two games, I think that's also going to be hard for Villanova to keep up with. So I think they can beat Villanova, get to the eight. Uh, and I think after that, you know, anything is possible. I think they can definitely beat Arizona on their day. Um, so, yeah, I think Michigan is is the team I'm going to pick simply because the other – St. Peter's is the second one because I think how they played is why they won. But I think with Miami and with Iowa State, they did what they needed to do. But, you know, we talked about Auburn and their deficiencies with with the with the guard play. That's why Auburn lost. It's not necessarily because Miami is this team that we didn't see coming. Um, and Iowa State, similarly, with the teams that they played. So, going to go Michigan. I think they have the best chance of the four double-digit seeds. I, I agree. Uh, I think, and you talked about it already before, Hunter Dickinson – which big time players at, at the, this level, I think count the most. Um, not that St. Peter's and Miami and, and, and Iowa State don't have gamers themselves, but I, I think Hunter Dickinson is the best, the best difference maker out of all four teams um, players. And, and then you, I mean, like we've seen Houston and Diabate get a little bit more settled uh, and, and start taking advantage and showing why they were top recruits. And the biggest thing with Michigan too, is like when Hunter Dickinson is playing well, and, and gets Diabate and Houston in, in the flow thing. They are so big. They have huh. so much size. And those guys, Dickinson at times you can take advantage of uh, in, in a small buy lineup. But with, with Diabate and Houston, like you can't really take advantage of Michigan with a small ball lineup uh, because they, those guys are so mobile and, and, and so big. So I think Villanova is really, really going to struggle with their size. Um, and, and they certainly have enough size to battle with Arizona. We'll, we'll see if the guard play, which which has also been improved in the tournament, if, if that continues as well. Yeah, I, I think Michigan is is a team that talent-wise can – I mean, they were, they were preseason top ten, and, and there's a reason for that. Like, it's a team that was had a lot of expectations because of the talent on the roster. Yeah, absolutely. And they're not a double-digit seed in terms of talent, so – you can't it just automatically they're the most impressive team these other three you know they're happy to be there but michigan has other plans for sure right and even just like michigan like the same areas first sweet 16 miami's never been to the elite eight iowa state in itself it's been a lot like the success level of each program the mindset is is somewhat different yeah for sure just like unc and those lower seated but not double digit teams same same situation with them exactly exactly all right Jan. Let's pick the, the final four from here. Who you got? Yeah, I mean, after this two weeks, I should pick like crazy teams. I'm not going to, but I should. Uh, I, I'm got gonna, one, I got one crazy one. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that. Um, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Purdue to come out of, of, of the, of the, uh, oh, I don't have the regents in my head. I am going to pick Purdue as one of my final four teams. I think they're the, I think they're the South. They're the South. Perfect. I'm going to pick Purdue. Wait, no. Arizona's the South. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to pick Purdue as one of my teams, and I think that they're going to play uh, – I think that they're going to play Duke. I think Duke's going to go through to the Final Four to play Purdue. I think that they're catching steam at the right time. I think that the Coach K storyline hasn't shown yet the jitters all that much. Um so I, I trust them. They're, I think they're going to have to be Texas Tech to show it, but I think Gonzaga is a beatable one seed, so that's why I think the path is not impossible for them. So I'm going to pick Duke versus um, versus Purdue. Uh, I'm then going to pick Kansas to come out of, of their side of the bracket. I just think getting to play you know, a Providence team, getting to play to a, a double-digit seed like guaranteed will help them get to the Final Four. I'd be shocked if they didn't, just with how Providence has had offensive problems and you're right, they haven't played the competition that we can really say that that's changed all that much just yet. Um, yeah, and then I'm going to pick Arizona. I, I know that Arizona has that rough matchup against Houston, and they could play Michigan, so it's a hard road. But Arizona, best team going into the tournament. They haven't shown me yet that they're undeserving of that, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I got Duke-Purdue, two versus three on one side. I've got the two ones out of the other. Is that going to be right? Obviously, obviously not. But you know, uh, that's what I'm sticking with. No, God, it, it can't be right. I would, it wouldn't be March Madness. Then. We would call it something completely different. Um, March Madness. Go, right. <laughs> and nobody would want to watch that. It sounds, no. it sounds horrible. It does. It sounds like is this weather? Are we are we a meteorologist yeah. now? What's I don't going know, on? Like, I'm not even picturing like anything. 
but just like it sounds horrible like it sounds mm-hmm. not enjoyable at all mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> i'm gonna agree with you on purdue uh-huh. uh and, and then i'm gonna stick with my original picks of, of arizona and texas tech i think texas tech can still get it done and then I said I got one crazy one. Um, and I couldn't do Iowa State. Sorry, Iowa State. I mean, I'm, I'm I was rooting for Iowa State the last two games, which is I think pretty big of me after getting my heart broken as a Hawkeye fan. But I'm not going to give you that much love. I'm going to say Jim Laranaga gets no. it done again. Goes oh back to the Final Four. God, you know the last you know the last seed that uh, Jim Laranaga took to the Final Four, the 11 seed George Mason. And I tell you what, can t- or Kansas in the Elite Eight. Has some has some history struggling against higher seeds. So if I was Kansas, though, I'd rather see Miami. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to see Iowa State. Iowa State plays Kansas tough. Yeah, and you know, you see a team a lot in the season. You don't want to see them. It, you know, when it matters, because you know they 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 don't have to game plan for you so much. They just have to see yeah. what's changed a little bit. Uh, I love that pick though. So you got you got Arizona against Miami, correct? Yeah, Arizona okay. against Miami. Tech yeah. against Purdue. Love that. I mean, hey, if I'm picking a fun lineup, I think if I I, I, I could see Texas Tech, St. Peter's, Michigan, Iowa State. Let's go. <laughs> Just <laughs> like utter chaos. Utter I'd, chaos. I'd be like, I will be I will be very surprised if it like ends up all I guess one like if it if it's like Purdue I guess anyone from the from the West wouldn't be the, I, I, like Arkansas would kind of be the only shock from the West, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it, but if it ends up like all really high seeds, I'll be surprised. Like like I think even even if like just like UCLA is the four or the Arkansas is the four. Like I, I think we're gonna have we're gonna have one team out of the teams that we kind of expect to be there that will not. Or yeah, I, I worded that I worded that horribly. No, it's okay. Listen, I got what you meant. You know, that's what podcast hosts are for. They understand you even when the people don't. Um, no, I totally agree. Uh, but it's going to be a fun situation. I, I have a question that, that to ask. So we, the, the four finalists for the player of the year were announced. Only one of them is still in the tournament. So what do you think about this? It's Chibway, Murray, Johnny Davis, and Agbaji. Do you think... Does anything change for you now that Abaji has the best chance? Do you think he has the best chance? Or do you think it's kind of no, Chibwe's now? No, looked like shit. Okay, so would you say Chibwe then, since none of these other players I could think, get it I done? I think Chibwe has to, has to lock it down. Plus, yeah. I, think, I, I think they vote before the tournament. Oh, they do. Okay. I wasn't which, sure since I, it just got announced. Which I think is kind of stupid. Yeah. But I don't think the tournament should have like everything to do with it. Um, and maybe that's why they don't do it, because it is easy to like – fall in love with a player that like gets hot and you're like, Oh, now you're player of the year. And like, well, do they really deserve like she weighs if we're, like, if you're really talking like player of the year, start to finish, how good were you? How impactful were your team? Were you on your team? I, I, it, I, to me, it still is cheap way. Yeah. I think it's cheap. As, as, as much as I'd love to say Keegan, like Oscar has been the better, more consistent player throughout the year. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That's. I just was curious about what your thoughts on that were, for sure. Plus, I'm still mad at Iowa. <laughs> yeah, forever. Brackets I'm busted. Mad, hearts I'm not broken. Mad at <laughs> never, never win the Big Ten tournament. It's a curse. The Big Ten tournament curse. There it is. <laughs> I hate it. I hate you, it. It's my least favorite sporting event. No, you knew it too. You you had a feeling. You well, said it the I whole knew time. It. Oh, I knew man. it. He knew it. Uh, we just had yeah. a feeling. The, that's, the whole, I think that's probably just that's. I think that's mostly just the pessimism of being a sports fan. I'm like, all right, my team's not going to win. Yeah, it's that sports fan tingle you get. You know, like the Spider Man tingle. It's the sports fan tingle you get. I got too much Manchester United and Green Bay shit hanging on my walls to ever have any faith in my teams winning meaningful games. <laughs> oh man. Matt's really laying it all out here on, on, on the end of this podcast. Look, I, it was, I understand. It was a man. rough weekend for you, man. I'm I'm surprised you're kicking so excitedly. You know, you lose your number one, you lose your test team. I mean, you're you're doing. I well. like I I I think the Packer trade was really smart. Yeah. I really like. I actually really liked it. Like I, I didn't ever envision them doing this because like, and I think that was like a, a lot of like people's questions about the Packers of like, shit, how are they going to pay for all these players because they're going to pay for Aaron and Devontae. 
the obvious answer came, don't pay Devontae. Um, and, and I think there's veteran wide receivers that you should be able to go out and get and and young receivers that, that you can add. And we've seen younger receivers make, make him impacts earlier and earlier uh, in, in their career. Um, I'm not expecting, you know, Jamar Chase, but guys have, have they just they're just impacting the game quicker and and uh so i think it was i'm sad to see him go because he's fun to watch but then you get to go sign Razul douglas you, you get the it's smart it's smart it's smart it hurts but it's smart as most it's smart things in life do it's truthfully true it's, it's true the smart decisions are never the ones that you want to make unfortunately better, better to have loved and lost than Never to have loved it all. Plus, if you're asking me, like, if I came in next season and I wanted Devontae or Aaron, that's an easy answer. I know, I know, I know where I'm going. I'd rather see Aaron Rodgers throw the ball to MVS and Alan Lazard than Jordan Love throw the ball to Devontae Adams. Oh, God. Can you imagine? You guys wouldn't get out of your own division. Jeez. <laughs> Yannick, this is a perfect segue to great fire questions. Let's go! My my first question is going to be Packer based. Okay. Will my Green Bay Packers finally draft a wideout in the first round with one of their two picks? I mean, oh God, I don't want to say this because I feel like it's going to backfire for you guys, but you have to, right? You have to. You got no to. one. Like I know you just said you'd rather throw, but you'd rather not. Honestly. You'd rather not. <laughs> like, <laughs> and there's some other options to throw in there for him to throw it to. I'd love that. Right. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers will get it done regardless. But I think, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers having known that Devontae was going, I think there's no way he signed on to that unless there was some kind of contingency plan of like, listen, that's fine. I get the money. I swear to God, I'll throw a fit if you don't swear if you don't draft yeah. a receiver. I'll leave. I'll leave and just go on I another will, diet. <laughs> I'll go get reengaged to the secret life of the American teenager girl and sail off into the sunset. Yeah, good luck. So I'm sure there was some contingency plan, and um, having seen them not sign a free agent again. receiver like they could be, I could see them drafting a receiver, maybe even two, and. Uh, and, and getting Julio probably is a good idea for them, too. I think that that's, that would be a smart move um, just because of his veteran his veteran presence on the field. Yeah. You got to go get one of these veterans. I, I I imagine they will. They're probably just still figuring out money in uh, NFL offseason. It's, uh, it's a crazy, crazy thing. Uh, soccer offseason, I already inadvertently brought up Leo Messi and Ronaldo. But out of out of the two transfers, out of Messi to PSG and, and Ronaldo to Manchester United, which one do you think has been worse or a bigger failure? I mean, I think it's got to be Lionel Messi. I know that the Ronaldo transfer is a mess, but like at the end of the day, how much worse off are you? Like not that much. You're still in the same place, you know. What you did with the Ronaldo trade, what Manchester United did with the Ronaldo trade was not fix their problems. What PSG did was actively just ruined the chemistry of their team. Like they didn't, I, I don't know. And I don't want to blame that on Messi. I don't think it's his fault, but you actively went out of your way to bring a name simply because it's a name. You didn't think how it would affect your play. You didn't think to, you know, you know, game plan for it. It feels like you just expected everybody to gel all of a sudden. And that's just not how team sports work. So I think you got to say the Messi trade because at the end of the day, PSG went from Champions League contenders and League A uh, obvious people to yeah they're gonna leave, win League A uh, but they're not gonna win the Coupe de France they're not in the Champions League anymore against a team they should have beaten and you're probably gonna lose Mbappe in the offseason. so you know <laughs> I think that you really he's mucked got, this one he's up. Gone, right? <laughs> oh yeah, why would he want to stay? Like why? Like, like uh, tell me why? No why? way, especially like like how they got not like it. Almost feels too like poetic justice for PSG. And just like, you guys are such a joke of a club. You're going to lose to Real Madrid. And it's it's going to be just the nail. I mean, he was probably, I don't think like Killian on the pitch that day when Kareem and Zimbo, you know, when they lost. I don't think then he was like, you know what? Yeah, now I'll go to Real Madrid. But I, if whatever hope you had of him not going to Real Madrid was signed, sealed, and done for after that game. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the president of Real Madrid afterwards came down the stadium and said, Hey, Killian, this was nice. You had your fun. Now come over to the winners. I mean, which is us. Come on. Yeah, Yeah. let's go. Come on. Come on. You know you want to. Come on. You see Kareem Benzema? You want to play with him? Come on. Come on. Yeah. You like this? Um, And he does. He will. Yeah, he will. Absolutely. And and honestly, you know, he should. Like, he's far too, like... I, I would. It would have been really cool to see the young Frenchman take this team, but like they haven't, they haven't helped him in, in a lot of ways to to get it done. So go look out for you, Killian. There you go, as you should. Your star. All right, last question, Jan. Mm. If you are the Brooklyn Nets and the vaccination restrictions are still in place, oh god, would you rather? Get a higher seed and have home court advantage, but have Kyrie for less games in each series, or kind of stay in that sixth seed. So if you play some of those better teams, yeah, you'll only have three games at home, but you would have Kyrie for four games. Like, would you rather have home court or Kyrie, basically? <sighs> this is so complicated. Um, I mean, I think after that what 50 60 point game he had was it i don't forget what it was i, I think, think you was, gotta say it was 60 yeah i think you gotta say fuck home advantage have Kyrie. and if it seems like with this new strain coming out that the vaccination restrictions are gonna stay in place and like kevin durant is gonna run himself into the ground because that's what he loves to do and that's why i love him as a player um but like don't make him don't make him run himself into the ground keep that six seed make sure you make the playoffs you don't want to have a play-in situation for sure but like, yeah. do what you need to get there, and and you know, y- you can beat any team regardless of where you're at. You know, you are the Lakers of kind of last season, where it's like, you know, yeah, maybe you don't win it all, but like, you're a danger in the playoffs no matter where you are. So I would say I, home court advantage isn't going to do them any help, especially with the whole situation. I I don't think that they could still do it because Katie's such a baller, but you know, yeah, Kyrie is still has it. Kyrie still very much has it. So you got to go with Kyrie. (laughs) And like, I mean, they they have a lot of strong role players and, and Katie is still somewhat unstoppable, but like when you add Kyrie on that floor, it, it, it becomes one of those situations where you're like, how, how do we guard these guys? Like I think they both can absolutely cook. So yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, I think the nets are better with Kyrie no matter where they're playing than without him. On the, I don't care if they're playing in Cameron Indoor and it's all Nets fans. I'd rather have Kyrie. Yeah, me too. It's a weird thing to say, but I agree. Weird, weird times. Weird times. Weird times. Now it's time to cool down. Oh, yes. All right, Jan. Just a just a quick uh, conversation. Uh, Oscars I mentioned already uh, this Sunday. Try and watch all of them. I, I feel like I always am able to see, do a good job of seeing the one that wins Best Picture. Because I think you can always kind of tell. Um, although I don't really know who's supposed to win this year. But I always do a good job of seeing the Best Picture before it wins. This is all rambling nonsense. To get to the point, <laughs> what is your favorite Best Picture winner over the last 15 years? So from like 2006, The Departed, till today. Yeah. Um what was the last one? Nomad Land. Nomad Land. I love the confidence you have in yourself when you're vamping. You really like are are you really trust the words coming out of your mouth. Like Adam <laughs> You never apologize for your say or anything. Oh man. Nah. Um I think it's a never hard have, one. Never will. Never have, never will. Um, you know, because you just said the departed, like it's a great movie and so many good movies over the years. Uh but I will say my favorite's a more recent one. Uh, and one that was not the original one announced, and then they had to run on stage and be like, "No, that's, that's the big winner!" Oh, Such, a like, Such, a Such a great movie. Such a great moment. Oh man! Um, but it's Moonlight. I think it's a beautiful LGBTQ storyline. It's got my favorite actor, Mahershala Ali, in it, so I'm partial. Um, but I love Mahershala. It's got one of my favorite directors, Barry Jenkins, also great director. Um, and I just thought it was a great story told and wonderfully produced. Um, I'm looking at some of these other ones, and, and and I think, for me, I was looking at them and being like, oh, but I feel like I wanted something else to win that year for the most part. Departed, I didn't, but, like, you know, I think 
in terms of ones that I was like, this should win. It's a beautiful movie. It's well produced. It's got great acting, great directing. So I think for me, it's Moonlight of the of the last fifteen years. I do, I do like Moonlight, and it's a, a beautifully made movie. And I remember I really wanted Moonlight to win over La La Land. And I was dating someone at the time who really wanted La La Land to win. So when it got announced, I was all like bitter, and she was pumped. And then when they came out, and I was, then I was just like rubbing it in her face. We're no longer together. Um, Parasite. <laughs> An incredible one. Twelve Years a Slave is like so oh. such a good movie. You get Chua Teleji for Steve McQueen, some other I do love Barry Jenkins. Uh, what was on the other uh now I can't think of it. The one set in Harlem. Uh if Beale Street could talk? Yes. Oh that yeah. was on the other day. Amazing. I haven't watched that in a while. Such a good movie. Such, such a, good a good movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, no Country for Old Men, but No Country for Old Men, I I like that year. I love No Country for Old Men, but I think there will be blood should have won. Of course, the thing yeah. The, the, that all these movies I've, I've said have in common is they're all, at the end of the day, not depressing. <laughs> you know what's not depressing? Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. That movie <laughs> is, it's a great movie. It's, I mean, it's got some tough moments, don't get me wrong. But overall, you leave Slumdog Millionaire like, fuck yes. Life, we're going to make, I'm going to find a woman of my dreams playing who wants to be a millionaire this is gonna ha- i love that movie i was obsessed with that movie where in like high school especially like early high school because it came out it won the oscar in 2008 so in like freshman sophomore i would watch it every sunday to wow. like deal with my to deal with my sunday scaries and like while i would do my homework and i'd be like just dreading school the next day i'd put on sunday millionaire because i fucking loved it I yeah like I shit you not I like every Sunday where it got to the point where like I'd be watching the movie and just like mouthing the words like I could <laughs> I knew the whole damn thing I wonder how it's been a while since I watched it I wonder how much I can recollect Matt that's a great that's a great memoir moment that I need you to keep I need you to ha- I need that to be in the book that you write because that is so that that is not something I would have expected but I love it I I really I really really love that little anecdote it's great. <laughs> I absolutely love that, and I still love that movie. Yeah, I, but like, I haven't seen it in so long. I need to watch it again. Right, and I agree with you. Like I said, Moonlight, and there are parts that are happy, but like, yeah, all these movies so depressing. <laughs> Most of the movies, it's like, how depressed can we get? I can't say like The Departed. Like I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> the, movie, the movie where literally everybody dies at the end. Like, yeah, which is true for The Departed, No Country for Old Men, and even like, I mean, I love Moonlight. And I love 12 Years a Slave, but I always like, even feel weird when I'm like, oh, I love 12 Years a Slave. Like, what, what a weird <laughs> thing to say about a very, very tough movie to watch. Right, yeah. Or it's all about, like, the, did, uh, what did, th- Three Billboards didn't win, right? Was it Green Book that won that year? Or did Three Billboards yeah, win Yeah, I that? think that was the same year. See, I would, if, uh, I can't even imagine Green Billboards Book. should have won. Was, was amazing, but I also wouldn't pick that because I'm like, that was such a depressing movie too. That was yeah. like horribly was depressing. depressing. Oh my God, in every way. But it great. Argo. I guess Argo's kind of, but like Argo is still, and that's probably the worst of all the movies. And I actually I haven't seen The Artist. Um, Spotlight, as a Catholic, I could only watch, or growing up Catholic, I could only watch once. I've never bawled so much in my yeah. life. Like I cried like the entire fucking time and was filled with so like so many emotions coming out. Like I can't ever watch like that's a movie once was enough. That Requiem for a Dream. Uh there's a couple others, but there's some movies like I even can't when they're it. good, like you're like, I I I appreciate it. It was great. I don't need to sit two hours and watch that story again yeah you know what, uh, what movie i'm thinking of uh what's the what's the movie oh man now i'm forgetting the 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 jk simmons miles teller movie about the the band what oh, is that flash can only watch that once truly can only watch that once <laughs> i love that movie <laughs> it's great no it's I fantastic that movie. it was amazing but like it how often pretty... do i want to put myself yeah. through that so much That's anxiety fair. Yeah, it's a movie I that like I like I enjoy, <laughs> I would watch like over again, but I don't think I would always watch like I watch it in all its into- like. There's probably some parts where it's like all right, I don't need to see like the total peaks of abuse here. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't watch Birdman again either, but that's for different reasons. Oh, Birdman! Oh. That's, that's, a, that's what I need to I need to watch again. 
Oh, you do. It's it's a good. It, it's not bad. It's just like I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, it's kind. Well, it's. I mean, it is a movie. Like that's a movie because I feel like it's it's kind. Of, I mean, it's just kind of convoluted in like how it's yeah. just up, like how it is where. It, you kind of you have to be in the right mental headspace, and you have to be like, "All right, I'm gonna." You can't just like kind of casually watch a movie like Birdman. I would say, no, you have to like sit down and pay attention, and you don't have to do that with some dog millionaire. You know, you can just enjoy it, enjoy the just atmosphere, enjoy the shit out, enjoy the goddamn time <laughs> of your life. I was hoping that we went far back enough where I could say Return of the King. We didn't, but I was hoping we would because mm. uh, because that's might might be what I picked if, if we went back to like 2004, I think it was. 2003. 2003, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great mm-hmm. one. Great yeah. one. Early 2000s, Chicago. I, I didn't like Million Dollar Baby. I didn't really like. Crash was fine. Another movie you know I wouldn't movie pick, I always though. forget is like, yeah, is like <laughs> I love... It is actually a pretty well-made movie. Uh, is uh, Gladiator? Oh yeah, oh yeah, so good, fantastic. All right, all right. The Power of the Dog is this is on OddsChecker.com, so I don't know exactly what source these odds are from. Besides, I guess OddsChecker just makes their own, but I don't think so. Anyway, Power of the Dog minus one thirty-four is the favorite, but Coda. In a uh, close second at plus one fifteen. So I've I guess heard I'm, Coda is great. I've heard it's I've heard fantastic. Coda's really good. And Coda's like, probably the one I've heard the be- like the best stuff about. Yeah, no, for sure. I had a friend in 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 the summer oh, telling me about Coda. Was just like, hey, you know, a movie you guys see that came out. Coda is going to come out. And I'm like, it's oh, been sure. out. It's been out a while because it was on Apple TV. Like when we got Apple TV. Well, yeah, in the summer. It was it like got released just a little bit after that, and I was like, I need to watch that. And then, and that was before it even got any like Oscar buzz. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's it's an it's an interesting storyline. It's very inclusive, so I could definitely see it winning. And Power of the Dog, you know, is a very specific type of movie that maybe that makes it good for an Oscar, but maybe it also hurts it. You know, it's hard to say. It's. I mean, I feel this way about most. What like I'm enjoying it, but. Westerns can be so boring. Like, just the, the natural pace of, like, a Western sort of tale. And it's not really, like, a traditional Western. It's got some cool other elements to it. And, and Cumberbatch is... I love Cumberbatch, but... Oh, of course. Can't hate on Cumberbatch. Never. Never. Watch them all. The toughest one it'll be for me to watch is Dune. I, I might never watch Dune. <laughs> no, you, I, I watched Dune. It was, uh, <laughs> it was good. It was fun. I hate Dune. Chalamet. Oh, really? You um, hate Timothy Chalamet? I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that on public, you know, air, word for word. I mean, you just did. He annoys, he annoys the shit. <laughs> you know, I, I said, I said Chalamet. Yeah. <laughs> Chalamet. Yeah. <laughs> and I made it, and I made a gross sound. Nah, close enough. Right, he, I got no good reason to dislike him, but I guess that's too damn bad. That is too damn bad. No, but it's gonna be exciting. I I always like the Oscars, so I'll try to catch one more movie. Actually, for my birthday on Friday, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to watch the animated shorts collection of the Oscars. They have nice. like they're showing all the shorts at IFC, so I'm gonna watch that um, as a little gift to myself. So that'll be nice. I always love doing seeing the the shorts. Yeah, no, it's so much fun. And the anime, I'm doing the animated ones rather than the docs because I want to have like a. I think a nicer end of my night than like trying to yeah. watch those docs and like feeling depressed about the humanity. The, be- the best pictures are depressing. The docs, especially the short docs, I just feel like are always like just the most heart wrenching of, of stories. Oh yeah. Rip your heart out, put it on the floor, give me a trophy. <laughs> oh well. And they, and they do. <clears throat> and they do. All right, guys, thank you so much. For joining us for all our Oscar and sports talk, I'll have to I'll have to get over. It's been a nice hiatus from basketball, but I'm gonna have to get over it tomorrow, y'all. We got we got Sweet Sixteen action. There's gonna be some 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 great great games. Uh, like I said, we know there's gonna be someone surprising in the Final Four, um, and uh, we will be here to talk about it next week. Jan, anything to add for the wonderful people? Yeah, as per usual, you know, stay safe. You know, keep keep. Uh, 
keep your community safe by being smart out there. I know that's everything is getting lifted, but you know, don't be dumb about it. You know, don't don't just go around getting everybody getting everybody sick for no reason, especially New Yorkers. You know, subway, still wear your mask, please. Um, and on top of that, you know, still thoughts go out to Ukraine, everything going out over there. Um, the situation is getting less media coverage, but it's still very much going on. So our thoughts are with them. And, you know, I, uh, I'll see you on the other side of 26. I'm excited. It'll be fun. You old man. You old man. Welcome. Welcome to the real world. Yeah. Love to Ukraine. Uh, and thank you guys as always. Cheers, y'all.